to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Zach and I are rocking by ourselves today. Woo! Woo! Zar's dealing with a little bit more crud. Pe- Peaches is still just selfish. Not shellfish. Selfish. Right. A selfish shellfish. Monster. You know what's cool though, JP? It's you and me. And you know what? That's all we need, baby. I got, I got Pearl, you got Diamond. Let's trade some Pokemons and be the very best that like no one ever was. Well, we can as soon as the game comes out, but you and I are actually playing another game together right now, aren't we? We are. We are Samurais in Training. SIT, that's the acronym. SIT. <laughs> Sit and meditate. Dude, I knew this was going to be big for you, Zach. How are you liking Ghost of Tsushima so far? Well, see, when I play the game... I feel like I just like did a psychedelic drug because I'm in like a whole new world <laughs> of feudal Japan and like it's just so like immersive and uh-huh. like the, and the the music is on point and then like you just you hear about the graphics and the graphics are in fact wow it's like what is the time cycle because I feel like I go through days pretty quick but then I also realize I've been playing for five hours on accident. It kind of set the new bar, to be honest. It's like every game I play from here on out, it's going to be like, yeah, this is cool, but it's no Ghost of Tsushima. Hey, I'm in love. I got my little 4K 60 hertz monitor here, and I'm just like, I'm a samurai now. (laughs) How about you, JP? It's everything I've ever wanted. Dude, I love everything about the game so far. I love, like you said, it's gorgeous. I'm particularly a huge fan of the combat. I'm really impressed with the combat. I love the different stances that you can do and earn for different kinds of enemies. Everything you do just feels so rewarding. Nothing feels stale. I love it. It looks great on the PS5. I felt like a straight dumbass, though. I was uh, I was like, this game feels pretty small. Like, I don't know what's going on. So I was on the map, you know, like exploring. I'm like, I'm like almost done. And then I like hit the back button yeah. and then I realized there's like four more things, to, like four more big maps. And I was like, oh, you're like, that oh. makes sense now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was like, where are these 80 records going to be? Like, I'm just so confused. <laughs> and then I realized a whole new world. Oh, oh, this is a lot more than I thought. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, so, um, oh, and then the last thing I want to talk about is, like, the combat. Like, so you said you like it. Do you feel like, what what difficulty setting are you playing on? Um, hard. So the second oh hardest, God. I'm just doing everything on hard. You're a badass, man. I'm on normal, and I'm still getting my ass kicked every now and then. Like, oof. Uh, dude, no shame in doing the normal approach. With Sometimes with games like these, I want the experience of the story, so I'm willing to, like, put it at normal. But... I knew that if I didn't do it a little bit harder, maybe the gameplay would have gotten a little too easy. Because there's sometimes, even though like I'm pretty darn good at the game now, sometimes just a fight just kicks my ass just out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell? It's like the Dark Souls of Samurai games. Sorry, I fucking had to say it. I know Peaches is like rolling his eyes in his head right now. It's fine, though. (sighs) Not as much as he was rolling about our fucking Scott Pilgrim comments. I stand by my comments, Peaches. The movie is overrated. And it's only overrated because you praise it to the heavens. It'd be normally (laughs) rated if he didn't freak out about it every time. Oh, Zach, there's going to be archers on our freaking roofs tonight. Why did we say that? Why did we do that? Peaches is the Mongols. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Zach, yeah. would you like to give us the itinerary for what we're talking about today? I would love to. Uh, future game of the year contender, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl has leaked box art because of Nintendo's website. Oops. Nice work, Nintendo. Thank you, Nintendo. Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> Our takeaways from the Dead Space remake live stream. 
expectations for September 9th Sony Showcase. And then we have a bunch of quick takes and then finally some game releases. All right. Now, I don't know who should take this one. Even though I'm super pumped up about Nickelodeon's All-Star Brawl, this is a Nintendo article technically. So Zach, would you like to take it so I can talk about some of the future articles? The best right there is. Technically right. All right. So um, the fighting game roster got leaked by Nintendo eShop. If you didn't know, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is a multi-platform release coming soon. It is Super Smash Brothers, but with Nickelodeon characters. Um, with obviously like a few little differences. Um, and so they've been releasing the characters just like Smash Bros has. Like, you know, like a trailer, like every other month or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now we know that, spoilers, Avatars Aang and Korra, as well as the classic <laughs> weirdos Rin and Stimpy, are in. Yes! And if there was no DLC, I would say this is pretty good. I mean, you got my boy Rap- Reptar, you got Aang, you got Danny Phantom. Uh-huh. I, mean, I am kind of sad about Cosmo and Wanda. Don't know where they're at, but maybe there'll be DLC later. I don't know. JP, what about you? If this was all the characters, how are you feeling? So if this was it, if this was the complete list that we've got here, and it, by the way, when we say, com- say complete list, we've pr- we've pretty much throughout the episodes talking about this game because we know how excited we are, covered pretty much all the characters with, like you said, the newest four are Ren and Stimpy and then Aang and Korra. Everybody else that we've talked, we've pretty much already talked about. So if this was the roster, I gotta say I'd be pretty okay with this. Um... I, you know what? I do kind of agree with you, though. The Fairly Odd Parents, which is probably, besides SpongeBob and Avatar, my favorite Nickelodeon show of all time. Now, if that had some representation here, I'd be like, okay, I'm 120% sold. But even without that, right now I'm like 99% sold, you know? Um, yes. I would say too. So I'm just reading through the script to make sure I didn't goof. Uh, shows all the currently announced characters plus Aang, Korra. Um, oh, and uh, don't forget about my boy Cat Dog. That's that's literally what Milo is. So I'll probably play as Cat Dog. <laughs> um, Cat Dog main. And, and oh, sorry, JP, go for it. No, you're fine. I was gonna say that actually brings up an interesting question that we have not talked about yet. Zach, who are you maining? Oh, dude, I gotta be Reptar, dude. Like that. that you do straight- want Reptar? Yeah, that's straight into my three-year-old, like, veins right there, man. I, I grew up on Rugrats. I always thought Reptar was the coolest. Reptar was the coolest. What about you? Who are you going to main? Dude, there's a lot of great picks here. Um, I wasn't a huge Invader Zim fan, but Zim is an interesting pick nonetheless. But all of that changed when the Fire Nation attacked, because I'm a huge Avatar fan. And therefore, I think it's got to be Aang. I think I'm for sure going to be an Aang main. Who's the toast guy again? What's what's his thing? <laughs> I the powder toast man. Something from Ren and Stimpy. That's another show that when I was a kid flew like that was popular right when my cog- cognitive mind started developing. And I was like, what my the fuck is mind. this? <laughs> and who's this? Who's Rascal? What? Rascal. Oh, I guess that's just what it says. I'm on their like CSS on their website, and just some of these characters, I'm like, who are you? Well, that's we're familiar. A, we're familiar I, with a lot of them, right? Right. In fact, on this list, like we were talking about, the only group of people I don't really know are these people from this show called The Loud House, which apparently is pretty darn popular. Yeah. I had given the game the compliment. Like, it seems like they're doing a good job of mixing the old with the new. But really, that's the only newer Nickelodeon property I see on here that has any inclusion. Like, everything else is like our era of Nickelodeon. Hey, I'm all for it. Cater to me, damn it. Cater to yeah, me! Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and so I'm pretty excited for this game. I'll definitely be getting it. I hope it's like a $40 title, not like a $60 title. But either way, I'll be probably pretty happy with it. Uh, what what are you, console are you going to get this on, JP? Oh, dude, this has Switch written all over it. And now that Nintendo's leaked this list, I owe them one, so... You know what would be hilarious? If this has better online than Smash. Wouldn't that just be the biggest kick in the knee? <laughs> just a knee slapper. What does Scott the Waz do? The, the the knee slaps? That'd be like five knee slaps out of five. 
Now, to be fair, we don't know that this is 100% true yet, but Peaches did say that he believes this is going to be cross-platform. If that's the case, I'd probably get it for PlayStation. Yeah. But if it, if this wasn't cross-platform, since I, the Switch is, like, the most accessible between my friends right now, it's got to be a Switch title. And like I said, I own Nintendo 1 for <laughs> leaking this list to us, intentionally or not. Right. It's also coming to Steam, too, so maybe it'll be a PC one. But if it's cross-platform, it doesn't matter, so that'll be fun. Precisely. All right, um, so that's kind of all we got here. I will kind of just drop that. I hear a lot of buzzing around the internet that there's a possible Nintendo Direct dropping all in the same day as this episode or the day following. It is Ooh. just a rumor, but Nintendo is actually pretty consistent on their September Directs. Even last year, they had a partner Direct, which was trash, but they still had a September Direct, technically. Te- technically that's the best kind of right um which would actually kind of be very similar to last year where there was a pokemon direct then a smash direct then or not last year february when there's just three back-to-back directs and it was just a happy month for me so <laughs> i i'm pretty in the boat of it's gonna be this week maybe next week at the latest but we'll see maybe that's why nintendo dropped that like everyone pay attention to me <laughs> And then everyone's like, now that I have your attention, <laughs> Nintendo Direct dropping? Huh? 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 All right. Um, so this next one, JP. Oh, sorry. Do you have anything else to add before I go on? No, no. Right, I'm trying no, to hide this picture of Ren and Stimpy because, man, we how did po- these cartoons get away with this shit, dude? I have no idea. I'm posting this to social media later, whether Czar wants me to or not. You hear that, Czar? I'm in charge. Oh. Technically, you're not wrong. Anyway. <laughs> Your turn. All right. Now, this one was supposed to be for Czar because obviously he's extremely excited for the Dead Space remake coming out. He's not here because he is also selfish. So I guess I will be the hero of the day. Right, Zach? Yeah. Self-proclaimed hero status. JP. <laughs> Woo! All right. So let's talk a little bit about Dead Space remake. Now, EA had just shared a little bit of a live stream of the game. And here's why that is weird. We literally just got word of this remake happening within the last couple of weeks. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before where we covered it, Zach. I don't know if you remember, but the point is it hasn't been very long, right? Like a couple of weeks we've known about this. Yeah. And already EA decided to just put on this live stream, kind of trying to show off the game a little bit, I guess, which is Like, we're not talking beta or gamma. Like, this remake just started becoming a thing, and they're already trying to show off footage. So how did that... or gamma. All right, JP. (laughs) Yeah. But Epsilon. Sigma Phi, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Put respect on the name. Oh, yeah. Anyway... So why did they do this? Now, first of all, EA even admitted that this was quote unquote a bit unorthodox. By the way, this is coming to us from Eurogamer, uh, from Mr. Matt Wales. I probably should have started by mentioning that, but here we are. Thanks, Matt. So what do we have here? Now, we took a look at a little bit of what this stream actually consisted of. And it's literally like if you've ever seen any type of game developer like posting notes or tweets or pictures or whatever of how the game's going. The character models look like they're pretty much done, the char- which is actually surprising. Like they definitely need to be worked on just a little bit as far as, you know, working with. I'm assuming it, any remake for modern gen consoles is going to have like better texture patches and better ray tracing and things like that. But the character models actually look pretty decent now the demonstration was given though in a room that's just completely like made of blocks like the textures on the environment itself is non-existent right now this showcase was just more to kind of talk about like what the character is going to be looking like what are the weapons going to be looking like how is the game going to come together with the new generation And I gotta say, if that was all their goal was, was to kind of give us like, hey, here's a little taste of how the game is going to look. It did a pretty good job, you know, even just by looking at some of the 
texture patches that they've done for the characters. Obviously, we can't tell a whole lot because of that, which again is what makes this whole live stream so unorthodox, quote unquote. But I really think that it was just to like garner a little bit more hype for the Dead Space remake. And I mean, I was already really excited about it, to be honest, and I know a lot of people like Zara were, but this really just did make me a little bit more happy. Zach, did you watch the stream at all? I don't care. Sorry. I know. I know you don't. I know. <laughs> I know it'll be good. I'll get. Well, OK, I don't know it'll be good, but I would think it'll be good. They have the monies. It's just do they have the cares? And so far, it looks like it, they do care. Um, so I'm just going to wait for it to go on sale and then I'll snatch it up like I do all my backlog m problems. You hear Who that Final Fantasy seven? <laughs> You're getting a friend. Okay, sorry. Uh, your turn before I die. <laughs> no, that was that was funny. <laughs> There's not really a whole lot else to tell. Like I said, the demonstration itself was pretty empty. It was more just to give us an idea of what the game's gonna look like. And again, just what did you think of it? You thought it was pretty. Uh, I got pretty spooky vibes. I'm feeling like Alien Isolation scared in that trailer. What What, what are you feeling? So. When it comes to Dead Space, half of the reason it's so spooky is because of the environment. Now, I'll admit that the other half is because of, you know, the character. Like, the little, um, I don't remember what it's called, but the enemy that they're battling here is terrifying. You know, Dead Space is known for having just some of the scariest models in all of horror gaming. Albeit really creative and great, right? So... I'm really excited because, like I said, I think the models look good and speak really highly of how the rest of the game's gonna look. But it's hard for me to really give a big, like, assumption about that without seeing what the environment is also gonna look like. Because all they've updated so far are literally just the character models, and they haven't done anything to the environment yet. So I don't 100% know how I feel about it. Um, Zach, I really eventually do want it, want you to give this a try. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, but right now I'm a samurai, JP. It's pretty hard to go from a samurai to an astronaut. All right, that's all I'm saying. I don't know. They're kind, they're kind of the same. Not really. A lot of Maybe. rigorous training. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> a discipline or something. Discipline. Yeah. Respect. Dis <laughs> respect on the name. <laughs> that's right. Respect on the name. And that's all I really have to talk about Dead Space. It's going to be a lot of fun. And even though it's so early and we don't have it to look forward to for a couple more years, I'm excited. I think it's going to be great. And with that being said, Zach, would you like to take the next guy? I totally would. Uh, so our next thing is Sony finally decided to show us what they're working on. Woo! We're going to look into the future of PS5 in quotes. And uh, knowing how Jim Ryan's currently handling things, possibly PS4 too. <laughs> In all seriousness, I respect what he's doing right now. Um, so this is coming to us from Polygon.com by Nicole Carpenter. Um, Sony tweeted this out too, but she had some pretty good thoughts. Um, just to make sure I don't let anything go under the radar, I'm going to follow this. Uh, basically, beginning at 1 p.m. Pacific time or 4 p.m. Eastern time. You're going to look into about a 40-minute uh, PlayStation showcase of uh, the future of PS5 on, did I say September 9th? September 9th. You did. Good, good. Um, if you're looking where to find it, YouTube's a good bet. Twitch, too. Uh, let's see. So there's a lot of buzz going on right now. I think we can for sure say that we'll get an update on Horizon Forbidden West. And I don't think it's like... I hope we see the new God of War too. Like it's just like a little more of a teaser. Cause what do we have the Ragnarok picture and that's it, right? Literally the only thing they've given us for Ragnarok so far has just been like that, you know, ominous God of War hymn music with like the God of War symbol and then coming 2022. That's literally all we've gotten so far. I'm really, really hoping that they bring back some sort of franchise. I'm really hoping it's Jack and Daxter. Ooh. Naughty Dog is probably... You know what? Naughty Dog might not be working on that Last of Us remastered, um, which is a whole nother conversation for another day. But there's too much talk about that Last of Us remastered, and it makes too much sense for them not to be doing the Last of Us remaster. Um, but that might be what Blue Point Games is working on. I'm hoping Naughty Dog 
is working on some Jack and Daxter game <laughs> in my dream world. But actually, <laughs> I think they're working on that Last of Us 2. What? Factions? Yeah, factions. Yeah. Remember that? That's a thing, JP. I, yeah, that is a thing. Um. Anyway, so, okay, sorry. I got off topic. What I think will happen is Ghost of Tsushima Discuss Director's Cut. Sucker Punch is on fire. Let's get another Sly Cooper game. Come on, let's do uh, it. Right? Yes. Now that is a train I can get behind. <laughs> so Horizon Forbidden West, God of War, and like Sly Cooper, something that I'm looking for. Forward to JP, what about you? So, I mean, here's the thing. We talked a little bit about this. PlayStation is still trying to figure out what they want the state of play events to be. Because they set the bar incredibly high with the very first one, right? And then ever since then, we get these events that are like sometimes pretty spectacular, like 40 minute showcases like this one's supposed to be, or like 10 minute, like a few different game demos. And here's the thing. Nintendo does the same thing with their um, Nintendo Directs, right? But at least when it's not a full on Nintendo Direct, they've got different names to help you taper expectations, right? Like mostly the partner showcases, which is when they're going to show off like these more indie like titles. They do the Nindies, which is full on like just indie titles. And then they've got the mini directs where they go over news that are specifically Nintendo, but it's not a whole lot, right? And I'm not a huge fan of those directs because I feel like sometimes you could just put those in released trailer type deals. That's just my opinion. But at least they have different names to help you taper the expectations. When I think that is so... And I'm sorry to cut you off. I'll let you keep no, going. No, but I think it's no, so funny. I was in the same boat as you, but it's also like... I wonder if that's like a shareholder thing where they have to like bring out so much or they're trying to build hype. Because usually when they do those mini directs, that's stuff that's going to come out like in the next three months. Um, right. And so I'm in the same boat. Like, where do they draw the line? Because I know last year they just tweeted out Paper Mario, the origami star or the origami star, <laughs> <laughs> the origami king. And everyone was like, why didn't they just do a direct for this? And then like you're saying the opposite. Like, I just think it's funny how like even though Nintendo's gotten better at naming stuff, I feel like even they're still experimenting with what's going to work. And um, that's totally and fair so, yeah. because the idea of like your own self-dedicated Nintendo started this your own self-dedicated video presentation of what's going on Nintendo was the pioneer in this so it makes sense that even they're still working on this they're trying to perfect it here's all I'm trying to say it's weird to set up your expectations for these state of play events and as soon as you know it was announced that we were gonna have this state of play event people automatically started assuming all of their wildest dreams were about to come true in this event. I would love another Sly Cooper game. But I don't think and it's Sword good. of Smash. Yeah, and bring Sword of Smash. Yeah. <laughs> and then Smash will come to PlayStation 5 and Xbox. <laughs> and then the Google Stadia. <laughs> no. Oh. And then I want Sony to publicly announce the Stadia is dead. We killed it. Someone's got to do it. With Jin Sakai standing over it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, have mercy or in suffering. <laughs> Alright, anyway. Sorry, JP, I cut you no, off. No, 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 you're you totally <laughs> fine. That was a good tangent. <laughs> so, here, like, the point is, everybody's been coming up with these wild expectations of for what they want for this event. Horizon Forbidden West is a gimme, right? In fact, we should create bingo cards. That'd be fun. Horizon Forbidden West is like the next big PlayStation project that's on the horizon. So, <laughs> no pun intended. Nailed it. I think it's going to be pretty obvious that that's going to be there. Now, God of War, we are reaching the end of 2021 and God of War is released with a 2022 release date. So I think that's pretty likely too, that we might get the first real peak of God of War in here. And like, we're talking like a teaser trailer, like just something to show us kind of where the story's at gameplay would be cool but like this is yes. probably their big holiday 2022 game you're probably you're probably absolutely right uh, i don't know now there's been a little bit more wishful thinking like some people want to see more about gran turismo 7 but the game was literally just delayed till 2022 so i if the game was delayed till 2022 my guess is they probably don't have a whole lot to show off with that just yet so I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. But we do know that uh, Square Enix has two big PlayStation titles they're working on right now in Final Fantasy 16 and Forspoken. 
I think those are likely to make some appearances too. Now they now Square Enix did say, and but and I think it was a tweet. We're probably not going to hear a lot about Final Fantasy 16, um, just because it's not that far along in development is what it sounds like. I think that was a tweet that I might be pulling out of my butt. I watch a lot of YouTube videos, so. <laughs> and it's all just um, becoming one big mess. It is. It really is. But so that leaves Forspoken. What's Forspoken, JP? I forgot about it. So let's go into a little bit of a synopsis for Forspoken because it actually is gaining a little bit of momentum. So it started off as this thing called Project Athea, which we got a little bit of a teaser trailer for. God, honestly, I don't even remember when we got this, but I do remember seeing it for the first time. And I was like, hey, this looks pretty cool. In a nutshell, it's described as a narrative driven adventure uh, starring Frey Holland, who enters, the, who enters the treacherous land of Athea, a region described as stunningly beautiful, but also cruel and deadly, where you learn magic abilities to survive on the journey. So it seems like it has a little bit more of that sci-fi type adventure to it. It looks like it's really cool, um, but we honestly don't know a lot about it yet. As soon as the first trailer popped up, though, PlayStation fans were immediately captivated by what they were seeing in this video, which I'll post to the Twitter today as well. And I don't know for not having a lot of buzz about it. We got a pretty great cinematic for it. So I'm guessing we're probably going to see a little bit more about this at the PlayStation State of Play event. Not exactly sure. But that's kind of the thing with this event is we really don't know what to expect. So Zach, if you got your greatest PlayStation wish, what would you see at this event? Um, oh shit. Oh God. Um, honestly, anything, a ghost of Tsushima too. I don't know. Something like that. I think Already? Yeah. 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 Okay. I want to be a samurai forever. I didn't realize how much fun it would be. What about you? If it was complete wishful thinking, I mean like a Sly Cooper or a Jack and Daxter, could you imagine like Jack four in like some kind like with the technology we have in consoles right now? Now, to be fair, though, Jack three wrapped up the franchise pretty damn good. So maybe they don't want maybe Naughty Dog doesn't want to reopen that, especially since their hands are probably pretty full figuring out The Last of Us Part three. But like just like, oh, God, everyone's going to yell at us again. Props. OK. Now, here's the other thing we have to take into consideration. PlayStation has been just going wild with these director's cuts of video games lately. So if I had to make a few more jabs at what I think we're probably going to see, I'm calling it right now The Last of Us Part 2 director's cut. Like, that just makes logical sense to me. What do you think about that, Zach? Yeah, that makes logical sense, too. I, I mean, if Ghost of I Tsushima it, has already yeah. had it... <laughs> I'm just saying, you're right. You're right. If you think about it, The Last of Us Remastered came out literally less than a year after The Last of Us. So just to keep the tradition up, Last of Us Part 2 dropped like over a little over a year ago. Just put out the director's cut now. Why not? Why not? Update the graphics, update the sound. Let's make this happen. Let's make it happen. Get some haptic feedback thrown in there. Call it a day. Okay, you know what? I'm going to throw one more in there. I'm going to throw one more piece of extreme wishful thinking in this. I am a huge fan of the Infamous franchise, and we don't talk Ooh. about we don't talk about Infamous very much oh, at JP? all on this podcast. JP. Yes. I'm I'm going to let you finish your thoughts. Sorry, hold on. I keep I keep doing that. My bad. My bad. I would love to see what they're doing with the Infamous franchise. I want to see the sequel. I want to I want to see what the hell happened to Delson Rowe. I want to see what happened in Seattle. Now, None of the infamous games ever pick up from where the last character started. So chances are, if they did a new infamous game, it would be a completely new setting with completely new powers. But I would love to see it now. Explain to me what I don't know. Well, I don't think you don't know it. You, once I say it, you'll know it. Infamous is made by Insomniac, correct? Yes. And we haven't talked about Spider-Man. They're definitely working on Spider-Man, too. Then they say as much when they were working on Marvel Spider-Man. Actually, Miles I don't. Morales. I'm pretty sure, yeah, like Miles Morales dropped pretty quickly, actually. So right now, and Insomniac's biggest moneymaker right now, well, fuck, that might be Ratchet and Clank now, but I don't know. Insomniac's fire. You you got Insomniac credit. That's a damn good studio right there. It's a damn good studio right there. 
Um, and so I bet there will be a Spider-Man. I, I bet there'll be a Spider-Man mentioning here. I don't know. We'll see. Spider-Man's we'll see. pretty good. Yeah. Spider-Man other- 2 into the Spideyverse, please. Other than that, I think anything else they show is probably either going to be new material we haven't seen yet. Maybe a couple. There's always like a flash of like, you know, like two minutes where they talk about like several different indie games. I think that's probably going to be in here. But really, I'm really excited about the fact that we're going into this pretty blind and that we only know a little bit about what's going on. Zach, is there anything else you want to throw in there? Bloodborne uh, remake or not remake uh, update. Just what do you call that? Just really patch it to where it's 60 frames. Every remaster. uh, 60 frames. 60 frames per six frames per second. No, sorry. It was it's originally 30 frames. (laughs) It doesn't always reach that. So I was trying to say. So I'm hoping it'll get like a 60 FPS update for PS5. I was going to say six FPS. What is this? The Pokemon's Legend Arceus trailer? Burn. Burn indeed. They picked up their game, but that first trailer was hard to watch. That Chingling was doing its best. Um, I think that's it. JP, anything else you want to add before we go into quick takes? Nope. Of course, we're probably going to do a whole section about what actually happened in the showcase on the next episode. So we'll get to talk about it, but I'm really looking forward to this showcase. Me three. Who's two? Uh, Peaches, probably. All right. Fair Quick takes, JP. Let's, let's just switch off. You get you. I'll do the first one. You second one. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. This coin was from Forbes. First up, and I thought this was fucking genius. Um, CD Projekt Red hires video game modders, uh, the creators of Woven Kit, to work on the back end to continue mod support for game future. So, Cyberpunk 2077, not most bug-free thing. <laughs> and to say so, the least. <laughs> So basically, like, CD Projekt Red found some modders who were already fixing bugs, and they're like, hey, we'll pay you. Keep doing that. And I think that's fucking awesome. Way to reach out, outsource, and that way you guys can not be crunched and not be stressed out, and modders can make some money doing something they already like doing. So that's just a a win-win. It's a really weird move that CD Projekt Red went with, like, these this modding company like this video game modding company to try and help them patch a lot of what's going on with Cyberpunk 2077, but it's kind of genius, right? Yeah, it's. I think it's super next level. Good plays. Those are some big these plays. Are, these are big plays. Yeah, he watches them. Pro gamer move right there. That's a pro gamer move. All right, so CD Projekt Red being smart. Hopefully that means we can get a Witcher 3 update soon so I can play it on my nice, beautiful, glorious... 4K machine. Uh, your turn, JP. Sure. So we have uh, Brendan Player Unknown Green leaves PUBG Corporation to create his new independent studio. Getting a little bit into the article here, Green was originally a modder who experiments with the Battle Royale genre, eventually led to the creation of PUBG. He was later hired by Bluehole to continue developing the game under the studio. So he's leaving the studio to make a new studio. So why has this been happening so much lately, Zach? Like, I feel like a lot of these devs have been leaving studios to create their own studio quite a bit lately. Well, it sucks when you, like, create something and then people tell you what to do so that you can meet their bottom lines or whatever. Um, yeah. And so I, I imagine there's some sort of animosity between them, and they were he was just like, I'm just going to go do my own thing. Um, this guy originally just started doing his own thing, and he made something big, so why not try it again? He's um, he's got he had the skill, right? Because PUBG was for a while extremely popular. It's still moderate, po- moderately popular, I believe. They I don't know if they necessarily started the Battle Royale genre, but they definitely popularized it. And then Fortnite came in and took all the swagger. But correct. Um, <laughs> correct. Yeah, this guy created a great new genre or exploded the genre, at least um, to what we have today. So he could make something cool again. We'll find out. And I I wonder what he's going to make. I really do. It's a shame that he has to leave PUBG behind. But now that he's got the clout and a little bit of money, he could really go off to make whatever he wants. I'm really excited to see what he does. Right. And this was coming from IGN. And he ended with a quote. "Um, Today, I'm excited to take the next step of my journey to create the kind of experience I've envisioned for years. So it sounds like he even knows what he wants. Um, So maybe it won't be too long, like maybe three or four years. But 
he has to make a whole new studio, so that might complicate the process. Make, yeah, make a studio, acquire the talent, get some storyboarding, and start making a game. But whatever it is, I bet it's going to be pretty damn cool. Right. Hopefully it's not a buggy mess. All right. Next up, um, GamesCon. It popped off this year. It's been having growing viewership each year and more concurrent viewers. And there's even 20% more people streaming this. This is coming to Twitter from Jeff Keeley, because uh, of course it is. Um, and I guess I'll say Peaches' take from this. Love this. This year's GameCon was awesome. And viewership like this means they could, that they try to keep the quality every year. Absolutely. I just think video games are growing more and more. And the more events we have, the more exciting and fun it can be. Uh, so I think it's a win-win. JP, what about you? I think the real value in events like this is obviously E3 is the most popular gaming event, but I like that events like Gamescom are becoming more prominent because, of course, there's never anything wrong with more gaming news. There's never anything wrong with more gaming events, but it's also forcing Unless every you're other. Of course. <laughs> Unless you're Blizzard. Fuck Blizzard. But it's also oh, sorry. it's also forcing all these other studios to really up their game on these events, right? Just make them better and better. Gamescom is showing that, hey, we're getting to be a pretty big event here. Let's keep the momentum rolling. Good for them. Hell yeah. All right. Next one, mine? Yeah, yeah. All right. Nerds rejoice. We finally have the Windows 11th release. Microsoft is releasing Windows 11 on October 5th, coming to us from TheVerge.com by Tom Warren. Microsoft is announcing that Windows 11 will be released on October 5th. The new operating system will be available as a free update for eligible Windows 10 PCs or on new hardware that ships that Windows 11 preloaded. All right. That's pretty cool. Um, We've talked mildly about Windows 11 what it means as an operating system, and of course, what it means to gamers. And there was actually an article we went over quite some time ago about how Windows 11 is trying to integrate its operating system more to work better with gaming. And like, I guess kind of like really up the performance of some different kinds of titles in different ways, just with the operating system, which is completely unheard of and really exciting to see what they do. I don't know if you've actually seen how the operating system looks. I'm not a big fan of the icons in the middle of the screen. It looks like they're doing a lot to kind of copy what Apple's doing. Still, I'm excited to see what happens. What do you think, Zach? I, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I'm with Peaches. He made a comment about how he does not want it to be a Windows 8 to the reckoning. Yeah. Um, Windows 8 was not very hot, um, but we'll see. Um, This next one. We, I kind of debated with Peaches on if we wanted to make this a full take or like one take thing. So we're going to start as a quick take and wait till we get the game together to reconvene and talk about this. But this is pretty huge. We've been talking about how gaming has been getting bigger and bigger. And basically in China right now, there was this big lack of passion from the younger generation to do anything. And so China's government being the uh, authoritarian, right? That's... Where the government gets to the, the, the government just kind of rules. Um, yes. All right. Anyway, here's the article. And China is limiting kids under 18 to one hour of gaming time from um, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on only Friday, Saturday and Sunday for a total of three hours per week. Wow. Um, so this is already passed. They're going about it. Basically, how this is going to work, from my understanding, is Everyone gets their own national ID card and they have to enter that in to play a game. Um, there are some ways you can get around it. As we know, gamers are very passionate about their fan base, about not about their fan base, about their past. They're just passionate about their pastime. There we go. Um, and so there's ways to get around this. Grandpa and grandma, you could probably take their cards. They won't even know it. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there is cameras and most devices there's probably ways for their government to check these things um, i mean i feel like we're not even addressing how fucked up it is that like they're like oh instead of like maybe putting curriculum in schools that teaches kids how to like manage their time better or something their solution is we're going to monitor everybody's video gaming time and you get three hours a week to play video games i think that's fucking ridiculous everything about well, it china is a really bad um 
gaming addiction problem right now, which I would say almost every country does. But China's is at the point where some of them are just doing what's called laying flat and they refuse to do anything besides play games. I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about this entire thing. Honestly, I don't have mixed feelings. I think it's fucked up. I I think that like the changing behavior and this has nothing to do with video games, but <laughs> to be honest, I think the point that changing behavior should be like more incumbent about teaching people to do it rather than monitoring them like this. I think this is ridiculous. GP's all about free choice. I love it. And what about the people? What about the people who do work their asses off and all they want to do is go home and play some games after work and now they get three hours a week to do that? Um. Well, it's for people who are 18 years or younger. Still. You know, you get home from school, you work your butt off, you do your homework, you just want to play some games. Like, uh, no, this is, I don't like this one bit. Yeah, I can understand. Um, The thing is, this sets a precedent uh, to where other countries might consider doing the same to battle video game addiction. Um, I think this will turn into a big conversation point. I'm curious to see what other countries do. I'm curious to see how soon we'll talk about this again, but... Yeah, it's already passed in China, and I'm sure we'll hear more about it soon. All right, let's move on. Coming to us from GameSpot.com called Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles headed to Nintendo Switch. We've been begging for this. Let's get a little bit into it. News reports have claimed that Game Boy and Game Boy Color titles will be added to the Nintendo Switch online library soon. The news first broke this week on the Nate the Hate podcast during a discussion on potential handheld games coming to the Switch as part of its online subscription offerings, which were then further corroborated, I think they meant collaborated, by Nintendo Life and Eurogaming sources. Corroborated works too. Zach, we've been begging for this to happen. How do you feel? Eh, I don't care. I don't think it's going to be good because I'm a pessimist with Nintendo's online service right now. Um, first off, we haven't got anything in two new ye- in two years. The last thing we got was SNES, and they really just keep pulling out crap. Um, after they started with bangers, they're like the first twenty games were great. I am curious if they'll do any Pokemon games. I don't think they will because they know they can milk Pokemon until the end of time. True. Um, and then I think about what Game Boy games there really are besides Pokemon, and. There's not that many good ones because most Game Boy games were ports of like NES games and remakes. There's always a chance there could be the Fire Emblem series. Um, what's the new game? I doubt they would do. Oh, that's an that's a Game Boy Advance game too. Like I'm literally trying to go through this right now. Metroid uh, Two was already on the 3DS. Like I don't know. I'm kind of negative towards this whole thing. I was hoping they would do N64 so we could eventually get to GameCube, but. Nintendo is really uh, slow with this, but maybe they'll prove me wrong, but probably not. JP, what about you? Ah, well, now I'm bummed out. That's what's about me. I'm, I'm bummed out now. I, was, I feel lame. Really maybe I, I, really I want to play. I, okay. I want to play WarioWare, but I don't not WarioWare. Wario Land. That's a fun game. OK, so here's the thing. You are not completely wrong. Here's my idea on with on Nintendo with Pokemon games. Yes, they can milk Pokemon games till the end of time, right? But Fire they're not making any money off people who are selling cartridges of Pokemon Fire Red to one another. And in fact, Nintendo hates that that's happening cuz they're making no money off of that. So you know what they would do out of sheer pettiness? Put Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green onto this little service that they're thinking about offering. Nobody is buying the cartridges anymore. Nintendo is making money again off of old Pokemon titles. Nintendo bees Nintendo. I hope you're right that they're bringing Game Boy Advance games too. Because, I don't know, Game Boy and Game Boy Color, like, they're like NES games. They don't, they didn't age very well. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I'm just saying that there's a lot of possibilities here. I... I don't think Nintendo's going to be that stingy with any Pokemon. Like, even if you're talking about, like, the OG red and blue and yellow, because they're not making money off of any of those anymore. And now here's an opportunity for them to make money off this. Then again, it wouldn't be the first time Nintendo really makes me upset with their choices. So who knows? Hey, JP, what happened for the 35th anniversary of Zelda? Why are you bringing that up? You know how I feel about that. Because I like feeling your tears. (laughs) It made me... That's literally 
the biggest kick to the balls Nintendo's ever given me. Hey, maybe they're gonna give us a double pack of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Maybe. Maybe, Zach. Maybe. And then you have every Zelda game portably. Think about that. That'd be a nice world. I'd like that. All right, what's next? Uh, Horizon Forbidden Fixed. Um, you know, Jim Ryan's been getting shit on. Let's, let's be real. Like, he's had a hard time. Um, they tried closing the PlayStation Store. People got outraged. Or, sorry, for the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Portable, and the PlayStation Vita. Uh, they did proceed to close the PlayStation Portable Store. But they kept the PlayStation Vita and PlayStation 3 one going strong still. Um... So they changed there, and now they're changing again. Uh, so this coming was from Games Radar by Vicky Blake. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West will now allow players to upgrade from PS4 to PS5 for free. So kind of a nice little change because, I mean, Ghost of Tsushima technically was a $20 fee to go from its PS4 edition to its Director's Cut PS5 edition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the controversy was, I think it was based off the wording too. It's like that dual entitlement. Um. Yeah, and that so, was like, some bad you, language. Right. And it's like Xbox was really smart when they said, what, what do they call it? Uh, the the game shit. Smart delivery service. There we go. It took me a minute. With how <laughs> like if you buy it on Xbox One, it'll go to Xbox Series systems and vice or I don't know if it's vice versa, but for sure it'll work um, going from Xbox to Xbox Series systems. Um, right. And so basically the outrage was Horizon Forbidden West was going to be sold I think it's like 60 bucks for PS4, but then there was the digital edition for 80 bucks to get it on both systems. And if you don't get the digital edition, you can buy it for the PS4 and PS5 separately for normal retail price of like 60 and 70 bucks. Mm. Um, and so it was just very convoluted and confusing. And basically right now they said, hey, we fucked up and we're fixing it. Oh, oh, sorry. Here's exactly what they said. It's abundantly clear that we missed the mark, says Sony. So I, I... love the fact that Sony is just like, you know what? You're right. We were wrong. And they're moving on. I do, but I also know Sony, and I know that if, not, if like, only a few people cared about this, they would have swept this right under the rug and kept going with them. It's the second any type of, like, negative publicity gains any type of momentum that you'll start to see change, but I digress. The point is, you are right. They're doing this for free. They're fixing it. Everything's golden and rainbows and sunshine in the world. Jim Ryan, I've got my eyes on you. And we're going to keep them there because you are, uh, you listen, but you're trying some sketchy shit, bro. Precisely. Sketchy shit. Precisely. We're, he knows we're watching. He's just waiting for our eyes to go away for a second. <laughs> um, make, make a PS Vita 2 while we're watching, okay? Thanks. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Should I take the upcoming game releases? Yeah. All righty. On September 9th, we have The Artful Escape coming to PC and Xbox One. We also have Terrain of Magical Expertise coming to PC. On September 10th, we have A Day Without Me coming to the PS4 and the Xbox One. Kraken Academy coming to the PC. Life is Strange True Colors coming to the PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia. Why, Stadia? Why won't you die? Please just die. (laughs) Lost in Random is coming to the PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. NBA 2K22 is coming to the PC, PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Tales of Arise is coming to the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and Xbox One. WarioWare Get It Together is coming to the Switch on September 10th. On September 14th, we've got the Deathloop pre-orders opening up on the PC and the PS5. Honey, I Joined a Cult coming to PC. Age of Darkness Final Stand coming to the PC on September 15th. Also on September 15th, we have Fire Commander coming to the PC. Merrick's Market coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, and the Stadia. Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town, coming to the PC. Timeborn, coming to the PC. And Titan Chaser, coming to the PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and Xbox One. Now, we've got a couple 
of different games we could hype up. But Zach and I are at the same time excited for WarioWare, even though I also am really excited for Life is Strange. So Zach, what are your thoughts on WarioWare? WarioWare made the best game ever, ha! Is Wario in your room right now, Zach, with a gun to your head? Over 200 micro games created by the best developer ever, me, Wario. And uh, you get to play with friends. And uh, you get to play as the different characters and do co-op play. Uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good time. You pick up WarioWare today. Come on. Now, here is the irony. Here's the irony of the Nintendo situation. The game, WarioWare Get It Together, is selling for $50 instead of the normal $60. And that makes me a little suspicious. Like, I know this is technically just a game full of, like, mini micro games, but so is 1-2-Switch, and that didn't stop Nintendo from selling that for $60. And the sad part is it sold over a million copies. You are correct, because at the time there wasn't a whole lot to get for the Switch yet. I wish everyone could have just bought two copies of Shovel Knight. They would have been a lot happier. <laughs> two copies of Shovel Knight. <laughs> oh... So anyway, WarioWare, get it together. These games are always a lot of fun, especially besides Mario Party and Mario Kart. This is a great party game, in my opinion. So take a look at it because it's definitely got the wackier side of the charm to it. But if you're into it, you're into it. And with that, I think and that's pretty it. much it. And are you into it? I'm into it. Are you into it? Oh, baby, I'm into it. All right. That's all for the Game Tea Podcast. Let JP say the rest. <laughs> That'll be it for the Game Team Podcast. We will see you guys on Saturday for the segment. And in the meantime, thank you for joining us on another episode. We will see you next time. You just got your Game Team. Bye. Later. If you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your Game Tea fix, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.